Welcome to the On Point Podcast, a channel dedicated to helping you be the best hunter you can be. On Point is designed to help motivate and inspire you to get more out of yourself and your gear during your next hunt. If you're looking for information that will directly impact your success and help inspire you to go on new adventures, whether you're hunting with a bow or a rifle, On Point is the channel for you. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Me and my dad recorded an episode driving home from our Idaho mule deer trip where we both had rifle tags in our pockets. We recap how the trip went. We talk about how awesome it was to hunt out of state for the first time together and to hunt together for the first time in a long time, way too long, uh, both having tags in our pockets. It was really cool, great to spend time with him. And I'm really excited to bring you guys him uh, onto the podcast so you can see who I got to learn from growing up for the most part. So uh, thank you, Dad, for coming onto the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. As always, leave a five-star review. I do have some really cool giveaways coming around the corner. We have some on-point stickers, hats, decals, all on their way, a website that's getting built right now. And uh, just really excited to be able to bring some gear to the folks that want to wear it and show others that they're on point with their hunting. So uh, that is coming around the corner. Be sure to leave a five-star review. Get yourself entered some of these giveaways on iTunes. You can also subscribe to the podcast now on Spotify as well. And for announcements, that's it, guys. Let's get into the podcast. I'll talk to you in the end. Bye. So this is a podcast with me and my dad. I'm actually driving back from uh, our Idaho trip. So uh, welcome on to the podcast, Dad. Why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm his dad. Uh Mike, making him drive back because uh, he made me walk too far. <laughs> what do you see? Looks like they're looking at elk or something. Oh, right on. Um, so this is a trip that has probably been long overdue. Like, already on the way back, we already said, you know, I wish we would have done this sooner. You know, like, why did we wait so long to finally go out of state for mule deer? And, uh, you know, I expected to see a lot a lot of bucks, a lot of big bucks and stuff like that. You know, you always expect the best and hope for the best. Um, but it was a great hunt. I mean, it was way harder than I was expecting it would be. The train kind of kicked both of our butts. Um, and know, knowing now, you know, guys that that are hunting it more efficiently are using ATVs and horseback, and we're using our legs. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, but why don't we, uh, why don't we go over what happened, how it was, and, um, just kind of give an idea of, of what it was like. Yeah. It, uh, a lot different country than what we're used to and a lot bigger country. Yeah. We, we, you grew up hunting Eastern Oregon, uh, with your dad and then you've taken me and Gavin back to the same spot. So kind of a generational hunting spot over in Eastern Oregon, which, Rolling hills, rim rock, um, lots of, you know, junipers and sage and open country. This was um, pretty steep, uh, lots of finger ridges, lots of fairly steep uh, cuts and, and I would say not really canyons, but really steep just goalies, I guess you'd say, valleys. There were deep holes, let's just yeah put it that way, and I liked a lot of the roads were blocked off you could actually walk you had to walk you couldn't take atvs in there but you could take horses yeah yeah and some of them were open to to atvs as well but um for for guys like us that was like heaven because you're not going to get you know some guy on a four-wheeler if he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing you know um you're able to get out and hunt and then compete with people on your own level um doing the same thing you are and we saw people one thing that i know I know now about Idaho and mad respect for guys that live in Idaho and hunt Idaho is that they are legit getting out and hunting. Like if you hunted like we did over in Oregon, you would have got away from people in Idaho. It didn't really matter where you went. Guys were getting out and hunting and hunting just as hard as we were like even five miles in there was guys coming up the backside of where we were hunting. It was incredible. Like, Everywhere you see, everybody was walking. Road, road hunting wasn't really even a possibility because you couldn't see enough because it was so steep. Um, just really cool to see people getting out and hunting and, and the amount of effort that people were putting in. It was really cool. Yeah, and I never thought I'd see uh, 
a need for uh, waders when you're mule deer hunting, but <laughs> apparently that's standard equipment. Right. <laughs> there is this chunk of, of land we wanted to hunt behind this private, and uh, and these guys walked in the backside of where we were hunting, and, and I'm thinking, there's no way they got in here without cr- crossing the river. I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> and so <laughs> we, we drive around about an hour, and uh, we find a truck parked along this spot of the river, and and we were like, ah, they're probably fishing. And then, no, I think they crossed the river. I'm like, man, uh, just people getting after it. And, it. and it was really cool to see. It was really refreshing, people seeing. Because, like I said, in Oregon, you get a lot of the uh, the opposite end of the spectrum, a lot more road hunting. You know, the, the train that will actually allow for it where we hunt. But um, just really cool, beautiful, beautiful country. Made me want to move to Idaho. <laughs> But um, so we got general seasons tags. Let's get into this. We got general season tags uh, for rifle, uh, which you filled yours, right? Yeah. After um, we passed up a couple, and then I didn't fill mine, but I'm not really worried about it because I'll be going back with my bow in hand for when the big bucks are rutting. Um, but let's go over. So we left on Thursday, the 25th, right? Yeah, about two o'clock or a little later. And- yep. And got over there one thirty in the morning, and I had all these spots. And <laughs> you'd even called a biologist too with uh, with me in the truck as we're going to a meeting. And uh, you know, got this area and, and confirmed that you know there's a lot of deer there and a lot of hunting pressure, lots of hunting pressure. But you know, if you get out and hike, you can probably get away from people. And and uh, so we had a place where we knew we were going to go. And I scouted it on Go Hunt and scouted it on uh, Onyx Maps. And I had hunts plot, you know, little areas that I had, like, bordered for where were, like, islands of land that had no roads around it. And uh, so <laughs> we go right there. And uh, we get up to them, like, the gate's going to be right up here. Or the, the road that we're going to hunt is going to be right up here. Um, <laughs> it was like it was like Tent City, <laughs> right where we went. And so... I was thinking, well, man, either I'm really good at picking spots or I am just as good as everybody else and they're picking the same spots, you know. So that didn't really pan out. And we uh, pretty much, I think we woke everybody up in that camp at 1.30 <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> but they were Californians there, so, you know. So, but, um, well, so now we're 1.30 in the morning. We don't know where we're going to camp. So eventually we find a spot and... Um, Actually, did we sleep in the truck that night? We slept in the truck that night. We did. In a turnaround, and we couldn't lay the seats back because of all the gear, and so I'd hesitate to call it sleep, but we stayed in the truck. And then we got up and hunted that um, big, big trail system um, that no one was really hitting like we were. Um, turns out that big tent um, city was, was hunting the area, but they were walking up a steep, <coughs> steep ridge um that eventually got up into where we were hunting but we were getting up so early that we were beating everybody up there by at least an hour we were getting up at we were walking by six fifteen usually yeah 605 most of the yep, mornings every day and most people weren't even getting out of bed until 7 seven thirty. of course it didn't get daylight till seven forty-five. shooting light till seven forty-five. yeah maybe close yeah seven forty-five, eight o'clock you want to be where you want to be where you want to be at seven forty-five. And immediately we start seeing deer. There's deer all over the place, and I'm just excited. I'm, you know, taking pictures. I'm frantically glassing, trying to find the first buck of the trip. And uh, long story short, we see uh, you spotted the first, I think, set of hunters. Yeah. And uh, and then we find a hunter coming up the road behind us. And, uh, you know, Almost for like the first half hour, I thought we did it. We got away from hunters. There's deer everywhere. <laughs> we successfully e-scouted, picked a spot on a map, executed it, and we have this beautiful area, canyons, just gorgeous country, lots of deer, all to ourselves. And then about that time, reality hit that you're still hunting public lands, and here come the other hunters but not before we'd already spotted a nice little buck yeah, <laughs> yeah. so so I, i'd say within the first half hour we already had a buck that i wasn't going to shoot that you probably would have shot if you would have figured out how nice he was he was a nice three point 
Um, but neither of us <laughs> ended up shooting him. And I think the guy behind us actually probably ended up shooting at him or killed him. I'm not sure. Um, but so we're in deer almost from the get-go, and we're two miles in, right? And it's at that point, it's literally 100% uphill, two miles in. And uh, so we continue out this road and, and constantly using the Onyx maps and uh, trying to get away from those people that are coming up farther up the ridge. And I think let's fast forward to, what, 1.30 on that first day? Yeah. Um, I glass up a beautiful buck, uh, not big or anything, 145, 150, four point, about 21, 22 inches wide is what I put him at. Yeah. He keeps growing in your mind. He keeps growing in my mind. I'm thinking he's 160. <laughs> um, and, I, you know, I'm sitting there debating whether I'm going to shoot him. And that's a shooter buck for Dad all day long. He's just there for more for the meat. And uh, I've already got a free, you know, a pretty full freezer. And I can be I can be a little bit more picky. And uh, I didn't want to end my tag that soon anyways. But anyways, I talked myself into putting a stock on him. And it had been – let me revert back a little bit. It's been a while since I've – rifle hunted it has been a few years since i've actually had my own rifle tag in my own hands and so i'm not giving the deer enough respect i'm not giving the stock enough respect i'm just gonna go get within 300 yards and shoot that thing well <laughs> uh we we come up with this with two ideas to <laughs> to stock this buck one to go down the canyon because he's just below a spine on the same ridge that we're on but he's 711 yards away and that's too far for me to be shooting so there's one canyon a little bit of ways across that you could have walked up the other side of that other spine, got within, you know, 300 yards across canyon shot. Or you could walk down the spine, get out of his sight, and come up on that same spine and shoot him from about, you know, 200 yards. So I choose the first scenario. And then the second scenario we came up with right before I left, I'm like, no, nah, let's stick with the first one. I'm just no sense making it harder than it needs to be. And, uh, you know, I have a gun. And, uh, <laughs> well, the, the wind hits me in the back and uh, really hard, probably a 20, 15 to 20 mile an hour wind. I mean, and, and I'm towards the bottom of the canyon, so it's ripping. Well, I get farther up and immediately I'm like, man, I should, I should probably back out. But I'm like, you know, I think I could probably beat his smell, you know, my smell before I get within range. So I'm just going to roll the dice on there. And long story short, we have a video of him winding me <laughs> and followed by a quick exit. <laughs> I think actually the doe winded you probably. And yeah. dang near jumped on him and jumped him up. That's true. And they hung around for a little bit after, after they jumped up and then they left. And I came out almost right on top of that buck. I, I ended up going too far. And... Uh, I bet I bet they winded me way before. I mean, you said they jumped up 10 minutes before I even got to them. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, they knew you were there, and then yeah. they milled around a little bit and went into a deep, deep, deep. Deep hole. Deep hole. Never to be seen again. We hunted that buck up for another two or three days. Two days? Two days. And we, ne we never saw him again. He was gone. But long story short, it was just silly mistakes. Like, I made silly rookie mistakes. I completely ignored ignore the wind because I had a rifle in my hands. I'm like, oh, I don't need to pay attention to the wind. I could shoot it, you know. Uh -huh. It's it, it, you now I was just trying to justify it the whole time too. I was like, I knew it hit me in the back, but I'm like, well, I don't know what the wind's doing over by the buck, you know. <laughs> like that wind could be blowing a different direction. I was just trying to justify it and just didn't give the stock enough respect and and just played it way too aggressive and just made a rookie mistake. And another mistake that I also made on that hunt is um, I thought I, I thought my magazine was loaded, but it had a full magazine. And I wasn't walking around with one in the chamber. I was just walking around with a full mag. And uh, later I found out that I was walking around with no bullets in my gun. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it was just silly mistakes like that. And, you know, if he would have been a big buck, I would, you know, I'm still pissed. I'm really pissed. I, I, not because I spooked that buck off, but because I made such silly mistakes. You know, like, you've been hunting long enough to know the wind's at your back blowing that hard. You're going to get busted. You know, even on a buck like that, it doesn't have to be an old buck to get to be that smart when they're that pressured. He was probably a three-and-a-half to four, you know, four-year-old, oh, yeah. four-year-old, four-and-a-half-year-old buck. He would have been a good blacktail. He would have been a huge blacktail. Yeah. Um, 
but even being that young, he's still really smart. He survived for three years, you know, at least. Being severely pressured. I mean, this area is getting pounded. And uh, just, you know, being a bow hunter, I just kind of turned my nose up at it being, you know, to if I would have played that like I had a bow in my hands, I would have killed that buck, you know. Yeah, go back to basics. And go back to the basics. You know, I just thought because just I had a rifle, it would have been too easy. Well, humble pie, and luckily it wasn't on a bigger buck. Um, and, you know, I think if that was, you know, a, you know, a huge buck, I probably would have made the extra effort and went down the other side just to be safe. But, you know. That's hindsight 2020. Hindsight's 2020. You know, you always know what you should have done afterwards. Um, but I think we saw 40. How many deer did we see that day? It was in the mid-40s. That's Every day was yep. right around there. But, you know, it worked out in the end because, not to jump ahead too far, you know, I think you're going to have a better opportunity in November. Yeah. But that's later on. Right. Well, and we're seeing lots of deer. That's day number one. We're figuring out the, the terrain, right? I mean, it always looks different in person than it does on a topo map. Or and we drove in in the dark, too. So we, we Yeah. <laughs> yep. So... We don't get a buck that day. We ended up doing, I think, 11 point something miles. Um, and as soon as you get off, even if you walk the roads, it's still pretty steep. But um, as soon as you get off the roads, it's it's serious country. It is. So it really tires you out. And uh, fast forward to day two, we saw two bucks. Might as well go back up there, saw a bunch of deer. And I think we uh, set up the tent, and uh, it's it's warm unseasonably warm and according to all the locals um it wasn't helping anybody out i don't think we saw wait we saw one deer hung up right one and i was in a t-shirt most of the time to be honest with you i mean yeah except for we sat down after you're sweating i was in a t-shirt and right. comfortable well that first night i think it was like 54 degrees yeah it got down to f- that night yep that's it and then uh this morning it got down to probably closer to 20 um so just the, the weather can change so drastically up there but um day two is pretty much the same thing um go out farther because you know the farther you go you know in theory the less it's been hit but i think it's all pretty much been hit out there and uh almost right off the bat we glass up a nice three point i call my dad over and and we wait for him to come over one little more finger to get within range he's about 400 something yards and he never shows up so we wait, we wait. I go off the backside uh, of that ridge where I, I blew the stock on that four point. And we're just glassing. And instead of letting, you know, our feet do all the walking, we let the glass do all the walking. And we just start picking buck or uh, deer out and eventually make our way farther out the ridge. And uh, was it day two when yep. we took uh, on, we took that pick or that, uh, that lunch under the pine trees? Yes, yeah, Saturday. Yeah. So I'm, I don't you tell tell them what goes on with your toes because it's really weird. I've never seen that before. Oh, I get walking a long ways and my toes end up losing a bunch <laughs> of toenails by the end of the season, but this actually happened during the hunt and so it ripped off and a little uncomfortable. <laughs> your toenail fell off. <laughs> <laughs> but so we're taking okay, here's what happened. We take a a, a lunch under some pine trees. It I don't know what time it is noon yeah right at noon and uh i'm still picking out deer while eating you know spaghettios fried chicken and peanuts and uh he's i think you're actually sleeping no i did take a you did take a little nap yeah then you take off your boot and you pull off your toenail or something like well it was hurting and i pulled it off and it squirted a bunch of stuff and then (laughs) then it ripped off and uh, I got a picture of it. I'm going to post it um, when I post this podcast because I want you guys to kind of see exactly what we're t- it was gross. The whole toenail <laughs> came off. I mean, it was like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. And, uh, but that, apparently that's normal for you. Uh, my feet aren't doing much better. I'm not getting blisters or anything, but I got these new crispy, uh, I think they're the Summits, uh, Gore-Tex. And uh, I was excited to try them out and use them. My last pair of crispy Nevada's Gore-Tex, Super comfortable out of the box. Never had a problem with them. Well, this trip, after day one, my feet were killing me. It was like it was like both my feet were broken. Like the bones hurt. And I was developing some hot spots that, that throughout the trip, they never actually developed into blisters. 
but they hurt and then my feet absolutely were killing me my feet were just were not agreeing with those with those new boots i got thank god i had my used ones my old ones i had those on too yeah yeah you switched to your used boots but so you know we can say what we want you know i think the train the train kind of was the catalyst for your <laughs> toenail falling off early but um you know we're talking about keeping these deer you kept saying let's keep the deer honest or something like that yeah um what's that mean well a lot of times they let you walk by you can glass all day from a trailhead and they let you walk by and you got to walk on them to get them up and if you don't they're never going to get up basically you got to kick them out of their bed yeah i mean i don't know how many times we saw where we knew there were deer there and then like uh, that one hunt we did, we knew where there was deer in that drainage. Yeah, and then, so you're like, come on, deer, <laughs> like, get out of your bed. And, uh, you know, you're you're talking to them. And then finally, after we got past them a little bit, then they jumped out, you know, after they felt that they could get away. And uh, they were holding tight. I think I think your buck, uh, how close did your buck jump up at? Probably about 150 yards by the time I saw him. I mean, hmm. right there. But uh... So we... Uh, so let's let's go over that real quick. So you pull off your toenail; it's bleeding all over the place. It's gross. It's disgusting. Your toenails on a piece of bark. You're sh- you know, I took a picture of that too. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I go hit the top of the ridge, and uh, we just had a conversation prior to that, and because uh, I I was hurting pretty bad. Um, you know, the, my feet were killing me. Um, I don't think I had rolled my ankle at this point yet, but. My feet were absolutely in agony, and I don't want to keep going over that because I don't want to repeat myself, but they were not doing good. And um, and I pushed myself to go over one little more hump or something, and I think I made a comment, you know, when you, you know, when I have my success a lot of times, it's when I do that one little thing I didn't feel like doing, like going down that one little finger or going over that one little hump to see over that other side or to get a little bit different angle of that unit that's just really inconvenient, but it's only another 100 yards. You know, just that little extra effort that usually works out, in, in, you know, in the end with a dead buck or whatever. And uh, you made that decision. Yeah. We, uh, well, we we jumped, some deer jumped out, but I just wanted to, like Garrett said, keep them honest because we never had seen that buck again. And uh, so Garrett went up ahead of me yep and i thought i was going to push something out to him we didn't know if that buck was there or not well we had chased some does accidentally pushed some does through right where that buck was and so we didn't know if he'd gone out with them yeah um but you decided anyways even after your toenail falling off and it being super tender (laughs) and all that stuff you're going to go down that steep canyon side hill and then take a steep uh, finger back up to the spine where i was at yeah and it it wasn't pretty but it was about we started out probably about one one and one thirty, going through some thick brush on the side, and uh, so I figured nothing's there because there's no other cover, <laughs> and it's just grass and extremely steep. And then to my right, it's extremely steep that way. So I've got my shoulder around my gun around my shoulder and my neck, because I'm not hunting at that time. I'm just kind of trying to climb out. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, that buck jumps up. Must have been in that little patch of brush. Yep. And it was as tough a shot as I've ever tried. It was only about 150 yards, 175, but I was completely out of breath because it was steep. I'm old. I'm out of shape. (laughs) And he was on the other ridge to my right. So I tried my shooting sticks. Well, it was too steep for that. I tried getting on my knees. It was too steep for that. I couldn't rest on anything. So I offhanded at about 100 and probably 160, 170 yards. The only shot I had, and uh, I actually shot, I think, a total of four times. <laughs> Sound like a little war going off. <laughs> but in all honesty, it was It was a really tough shot. It wasn't the range. It was everything yeah. else combined. Right. And uh, luckily, got two in him. Right. Well, the uh, I was on the other side of the ridge glassing at that point because I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I woke him up. <laughs> you, uh, yeah, you were... You were so far, because I saw where you're at. I'm like, okay, there's nothing there, because he's, he's already pretty much past, almost past where that buck would be. And uh, I'm like, so I'm like, I'm going to go glass the other side. Just about the time I start pulling up my binos, I hear a boom, whop. <laughs> and I was like, no way. And so I run back over the other side, and 
and uh, I get to watch it all go down, and it's it is really cool. That, it, that Luckily, that buck died right on top of the spine, rolled back down about 15 yards, and uh, we, you know, we were able to drag him back up and, and, and be able to quarter him out up top on even ground, but the luckiest spot for that <laughs> buck to, to finally pass. It was... And his horns hung up, too. It yeah. helped. Yeah. And he's exactly what you came over there for. He said, I'm going to shoot the first decent three-point I see. <laughs> yep, and it was. Well, maybe the second one, but yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it uh, it worked out good. Like I said, I was actually through hunting and headed out. Yeah. I had my rifle over my head and my shoulder, so it was not, you know, I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. What gun and, and load were you using? Because you hand load, don't you? Yeah, I think I was using uh, 84 and a half grain, 78, 28 with 180 grain AccuBonds in a 300 Weatherby. Hmm. And apparently it didn't open up well enough. Which I've, like, I, I think I even talked about this on a podcast with Mitch. I've seen that a few times where it's just like a laser beam. Although I do think that your gun got a little bit of expansion because that hole was pretty good size going through that shoulder. Yeah, I just don't know. Never did figure out where it went or anything, but uh, I, yeah, I'm not sure if it came out or not because um, I didn't see the exit wound for that hole. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's just what I've seen with that with that cartridge. But I've seen it on Barnes X too, out of an eight mag. Um, yeah. But and in all honesty, Garrett dropped it up there just under the spine, or it would have been real ugly. And his <laughs> made a pretty good hole both in and out. So SSDs, yeah. It worked out well. He might have died. Well, he would have died anyways, but he would have. But he would have been in a deep hole. He was plenty healthy going over the hill, and he would have died in the bottom, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, well, it was pretty cool. I mean, it was, it was, it was the first time you and I. How how long has it been since you and I have got to hunt together? It's like, God. like with, with with both having rifle tags in our hands. You and Mitch were there four years ago. Five? Uh, let's see. 2014, I think, or 13. Four, yeah, that's when I killed that nice four-point, right? Yep. Yeah. Man, so it's been a while. I mean, you and I have gone with Kim. Um, you know, you and I have gone bow hunting when you have had a tag. Yep. But this is the first time you and I, and just you and I. No, it was great. Uh, this is the first time. No, this is the first time you and I have got to go Got to go hunting with both rifle tags. 15 years. In 15 years. I'll bet. Holy crap. I didn't realize that. Yeah. You need to be a better son. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny shit. Oh. Uh, so that's, it was really special for me to have you be able to come along and be able to share a, a hunting out of state for the first time together. That was pretty cool. It was cool. We should have done really it years cool. ago. It was the only thing. Cause yeah. I told my wife, I said, I put a deposit down on a piece of land over there. <laughs> I, I will tell you, there, there's a few things that as soon as you hit Idaho, you know. It smells funny because I don't know what they have over there for factories. But as soon as we crossed over into, oh, yeah. into Ontario, it smelled funny. And they drive 80 miles an hour. <laughs> Literally. The, the speed limits are 80 miles an hour over there. I don't think I've ever covered 60 miles in such short amount of time. I mean, it was I remember seeing 61 miles to whatever town, and we were there in like 40 minutes, 45 minutes. It was like, holy smokes. And on the way back, I passed a cop with my cruise still in 85. Yeah, isn't that? Yeah. <laughs> it was like the twilight zone. And uh, <laughs> I think I fell in love with Idaho. Yeah, I did. If if I could uh, work at AOL yep. and move there, I would in a heartbeat. <laughs> my wife might not agree. So... We, we quarter that deer out, and uh, we're on top of probably one of the prettiest spots of the whole mountain. You have an amazing view, and it's really everything a guy could have asked for out of, out of hunting a meal deer and actually successfully getting one there. I mean, you didn't kill it in the bottom of a hole, thank God. <laughs> and Still be there. you had a beautiful pictures. You have plenty of meat. And it was, it was one of the prettiest bucks I have ever seen. He had this black, and I'll post that too, this black chest all the way down into his belly. I've never seen that before. Yeah, it was uh, that was unusual, getting black all the way down there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I pointed it out when we were gutting him. I'm like, that is really unique. That's I have never seen that before. Usually it's like that whitish. Wait tan. a minute. We didn't gut it. I did. You wouldn't do it. 
Uh, I was a good assistant, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, he does. He did good, but. Uh, and uh, so we we quarter it out, and we're five miles in, right at five miles in. And uh, even though we were on top of the ridge systems, um, it still took us four hours to get him out. It was after well after dark. Yeah. So we shot that thing at two o'clock. Yeah, and I think we headed out at three. Yeah, we got out about right at seven. So that's yeah, uh, four, about four hour pack. Yep. Even though it was only five miles, and it was fairly easy ground. We stopped once or twice, or twenty or forty times. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, if it wasn't like I said, I don't want, if it wasn't for, and I that's when I rolled my ankle was going down that last mile downhill. Um, my ankle, my left ankle, gave out on me, and that just added on to my problems. My knee swelled up after I stalked that buck. I was on my knees cl- trying to close the distance over the spine and uh, screwed my knee up doing that. I, I don't know how. And so we're, we're just both falling apart. Your toenails <laughs> falling off. I'm, I'm spraining and, and whining about my feet and stuff, and it just turned out to be a suck fest. But, you know, I wouldn't change a thing, though. No, it just added to the experience. <laughs> added to the experience. And so we're supposed to... And we get service up there. So I'm looking at the weather. Monday is supposed to be rain. Tomorrow, the third day, is supposed to be nice. And we're wanting to take a, a rest day on that next day, right? Drive around, explore, maybe go on a few small hunts. Well, after seeing that um, forecast, the forecast, we changed it to where we're going to hunt the third day, take the fourth day off, and then that'll work out better because we want to make sure that we get the most for our money. Well, we hunt that did we go back up that same area again? We did. We went up that same area again the third day. Well, yeah, Friday is up there, Saturday we killed the bucks, Sunday we went up there again. Yep, we did. Monday we went down way uh, down somewhere. I don't even know what it's called, but yeah. um we went back up there again. Again, we see uh we start seeing some elk in there. Um, and this is when we see those hunters that come up the other side. And then also uh, we saw a tiny fork and horn really close to where you killed your buck. And uh, then I spot a nice three-point, which I got some cool pictures of, some footage of. That he wouldn't shoot? That, I, you know, well, he was in the bottom of that deep, dark canyon where that four-point went. And he was just, a beautiful buck, though. You know, we're talking about an 18-inch three-point. About at that point, but as far down the canyon as he was, you're probably five and a half miles in. It would have took you a day and a half to get him out. A day. Yeah. A full day, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And you wouldn't be going archery hunting in November. And I wouldn't be going archery hunting. He wasn't there what I came for. I say, it worked out well, everything. Yeah. You yeah. couldn't ask for more. Yeah. And so we, we, we elected to pass on him. We kept looking, kept looking. And eventually those elk got spooked by those, I think those other hunters. Maybe they got winded by the elk winded them. Because those elk literally ran right over that deer and pushed him out of that canyon. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's been one heck of a trip. I got so many pretty freaking photos out of that one drainage we were hunting. It was amazing. Yeah, and, and it's... Uh, it was fantastic. I mean, it was... I'll definitely be going back. Yeah, it's... Uh, well, thing about it, though, we only saw one other deer hanging, yeah. and... I know of a fork and horn killed. Yep. Outside of that, I don't personally know of any or or I never heard of any killed up in there. Yeah. Well, we camped next to some guys that were picky like I was. You know, they really only said they only shoot big three points or four points. And I think they killed one fork and horn because they had a... Um, some gal. One of the girls come over to camp and kill a fork and horn. But outside of that, none of those guys, I think there's like six of them, none of them left with a deer. They've been there 40 years. Yeah, they've been hunting that area for 40 years. And... Uh, then we met another guy who was really knowledgeable. Great. We made a hunt, and then we were walking back to the truck. He offered to give us a ride. We struck, struck up a conversation with him, and he said it was the weather, and it's been, you know, don't don't let this year fool you. It's a, you know, it's a great area, but the bucks aren't here because we haven't got the weather to push them down or something like that. Yeah. So we heard that from other places, We too, heard that though. from everybody, yeah. yeah. And uh, it was just, even even without having the, the deer get pushed down, the, the deer numbers were outstanding minus the buck numbers you know two bucks a day about one out of every 25 deer was a buck 20 deer was a buck and then uh you know it was just it was it was just i don't know it's really cool I, I really had a great time yep and you know when a guy wanted to you 
elk season opens on Thursday. Yep. We're coming home on a Tuesday, so you can hang around and hunt deer till Wednesday. There's a lot of elk hunters coming in when we were leaving. Yep, and switch gears and start with yeah. the elk. Yeah. There's a, there was a cow hunt going on when we were there, actually, and then it turned into a bull hunt on the 1st. Yeah, if you had an elk tag, you could have killed one of those cows we saw. Oh, yeah. I think. You probably could have killed the spike Thursday because they weren't <laughs> going to go very far. No. No. So uh, what would be one thing that you would do next time if you had to go back? Or what, one thing you'd bring or change? Well, I would bring my trailer so I could bring wood stove and firewood because last night got a little cold. It did. I would bring gear that if I wanted to spike out for the night or two mm-hmm. that I could backpack in and get up there and wake up at daylight and be hunting right there where I want to be. That's one thing. Well, granted, it was way nicer than it should have been. I mean, it was practically T-shirt weather almost in November. Um, I don't know if it would be nice enough to actually go backpack hunting in there or if it would make sense if it was a regular year. And I might go opening day, especially if you kept an eye on the weather, but I might go opening day just because there's going to be more bucks that are there. Hmm. You know, if, if, if you could have a crystal ball, because like this year, the bucks didn't move in. And opening day, there would have been more deer because there was less shots. Bucks. Well, we heard 50 gunshots <laughs> on on Saturday. On Saturday. And, and to Sunday, the west there was of a us. Lot. Yeah, Sunday there was a lot of gunshots too. But we thought people were just, you know, man, these Idahoans love to shoot their guns. <laughs> no, yeah, but I think, I think they were shooting at deer. Yeah. I honestly do. I think, no joke, 50 gunshots. I mean, it was crazy. Let's see, that was... What direction was that? That was that. That was a uh, south, south, southwest. Southwest. Yeah, it was all around us, but mainly southwest. There's probably thirty gunshots just from southwest. And of course, there was a lot more locals probably showed up on a weekend because they're right. not very far from Boise. So you could you could almost go there after work and make a hunt somewhere, right? You know, within reason, right? So but, yeah, so I think a wood stove because you froze your. I froze my feet off. Yeah. I, I mean, it seriously was so cold. Your tent has a little vent, though, and I still think that that vent was letting all the cold air in right above my feet. <laughs> yeah, but the tent was inside of it was ice covered inside because we didn't have the heater on That's or anything. True. And when we I turned the heat on, it started dripping like it was almost raining inside. <laughs> raining inside the tent. And my sleeping bag and mattress were damp. Well, that, that's something, you know, I heard um, Aaron Snyder on his podcast talk about getting night sweats after pushing himself too hard. And you pointed out your mattress, just so you guys know how hard, you know, he pushed himself. We, we both pushed ourselves probably past what we should have, um, physically exerting ourselves. But uh, you had your, your bedding, I don't even know what, your, your sleep pad? It's a roll, it's a bed roll. A bed roll soaked. And it was like almost like the outline of your body and it was like man i have never seen that before through the sleeping bag <laughs> through the, that was yeah literally through it soaked through the sleeping bag bag into the sleeping pad and i've i've heard of that with people who have extreme overexertion physical exertion their body has night sweats uncontrollable you just you, your body sweats throughout the night and uh, I think that's what that was. That was the first time I've ever seen that. I'd never heard of it, but I don't know. I'd, I'd never heard of it until the other day when I listened to Aaron Snyder talk about it because he was getting that when he was training or doing something. I forget what it was, but um, I guarantee you that's what that was. It wasn't like the tent magically dripped in the shape of a body. You know, and one other thing I'd do is I'm not in great shape. I'm 57, but... Um, I would probably try to, I had no idea what to expect. I'd probably try to do a little more to get in shape, although I was nursing a knee for the last month and a half. That's, I would do a little more. You know, that's one thing I, I expected to do way better over there. And, um, you know, I invest in the nice pack, the nice boots, the nice clothing, all that stuff. But I think what was holding me back, the biggest was myself. I, you know, I wasn't training in the areas that I was going to be using in my physical fitness. I wasn't training my, my legs and my back as much as I should have been. I've been focusing more on arms lately and I really did feel like that was holding me back. My legs never really were bad. My shins got a little sore, my quads and my thighs, all that stuff was all good. Um, but it was mainly my, 
my calves, my my feet. And I think what what was going on is that I was asking more of my feet, having a you know a heavy load on them. You know, you only do this a couple times a week, and then you ask your yourself to give an extreme amount of physical effort without the training of it. Only like a couple weeks out of the year. And I felt like I just I just need to train better on that area. So maybe do more squats, do some really heavy, you know, stair stepper packs, like put 60, 80 pounds in my pack and then start going to the gym and doing that again because I used to do that. And I kind of got away from it. And so I this really exposed me <laughs> in an area in an area that I thought I was solid in. That and, country and, will yeah, I mean it was it was it was tough country. I'm not gonna make it out. I'm not gonna make it tougher than it was. I've hunted tougher country, um, but when, like I said, when you're not prepared for the hunt or at least mentally prepared going into it, I think you break easier. Well, I, you know, I think we did all right, man, because we started out literally two hours before daylight. Yeah, um, and we wouldn't get back until about dark or just after dark. And we would go an extra ridge or an extra whatever it Drainage, was yeah and it did pay off with a buck and seen a couple extras but yeah without that you might not have ever you know seen what we did no and i don't want to make it sound like we sucked it up the whole time we were there no we like we covered a lot of ground we were talking to some of the local guys there and we we're telling them what we were doing <laughs> <laughs> that's a long way <laughs> they're like wow <laughs> you know they're on bikes and horses and like you know they're telling us yeah we went six miles in this area and then we're like Oh wow! Wow, they went six miles, and then we found out no, they're riding bikes and horses in there. Yeah, it's, it's you know, good for them. You know, I'm. I'm it's not the same thing. We're <laughs> we're we're at a severe disadvantage to those guys. They were prepared. You know, they've been hunting that area for years, but um, you know, and and they were passing up bucks. They were they were being selective. Um, you know, I think a lot of people were passing up bucks just because in that area. It would be so much work for such little meat if you shot a little buck, you know. I don't think it's probably worth it for most people. Um, you know, I, I know going into that, I would have been happy with that four point, but that really wasn't what I came there for. Yeah, but you don't know. I mean, it's a new experience, and you drive in, in the dark, totally in the dark, outside yeah. of Onyx or Go Hunt or something. Yeah. Or biologists talking to people, but you do the best you can with what information you have. So I think we did really good not to... Yeah, pat us on the shoulder, but I think you need good optics, lightweight, almost everything. Yeah, good boots. Um, That's a good point. My spot and scope, tripod combo. I after this hunt, I've packed that thing around on a lot of hunts. After this hunt, I think it's seriously way too much weight because it's probably at least ten pounds. The uh, combo. It might be, but lightweight is definitely a key to almost everything. And a rifle can shoot, you know, 300 yards is going to be a close shot most of the time. Yeah, you know, there was a lot of opportunity to shoot farther than that. I could have shot that one bucket 700 and something, and I, I guarantee you I could have at least scared him. I mean, <laughs> my gun my gun's capable of it, but there was just too much wind. I didn't have the practice that I needed to make that shot. And in the end, it's just not worth it. I mean, it's just really not worth it. Why why even take a chance at winning a beautiful buck or any buck in that matter when when you can clearly get with inside 350 i mean for me personally that's just not what i was like what i came there for and uh but you know i i did have the gear where i felt with with a good wind i could shoot out to 600 yeah you know and i'm i'm good three or four hundred yards you know with mine i don't have the fancy stuff but, well you've been uh, shooting that gun for and that load for Twenty some sixty thousand years. years. Yeah, <laughs> pretty dang close. But and then another thing you need is persistence. I mean, and I've said that about you a lot. Is you know, if you lack anything, you make up for it in persistence. And I'm not saying you do, but lack anything. But oh jeez. Uh, <laughs> well, we can get into that later. <laughs> but uh, just sticking with it in glass. And there was a buck that you picked out that I don't know that one out of a thousand guys would have been able to see it just by the color of hair and a crease on a ham yeah turned out to be a really pretty three point it could have been a huge buck where I it thought was when i spotted it i was like man if that's going to be a big buck this is going to be it <laughs> you know and i watched it for a minute before i figured out it was a deer because <laughs> i'm like man that doesn't look like a rock you know and I'm, it's about a 1200 yards away 
and uh, and not to pat myself on the back, but I think that is literally the best spot I've ever picked out on a deer, best actual spot I've ever made. And we'd already been glassing up for over an hour, yeah. easily over an hour. And he didn't just walk there and bed down; he no. was there all the time. I just kept hammering it with the spot and scope over and over and over again, just saying, you know what, I can see. And that's when I go and glass somewhere. My mentality is, is that. Either I'm going to see a deer, or I'm gonna I'm gonna see a deer. That's my mentality. I mean, I, or it's I, gonna get dark. <laughs> yeah, or it's gonna get dark. Like I I'm going to see a deer from here. Like if it's that much country, it's just a matter of how good and how much time I spend behind that glass before I spot a deer. And 99% of the time, I will find a deer. And I spotted a doe, um, that was way out in the open that I don't know how he missed, bedded. Again, she was about a thousand yards. Yep. And, and then it, a little bit farther down the ridge, here's this here's this weird looking rock with the shape of like a ham crease or a leg crease. And so I watch it for literally no joke a minute. And then finally I see the the deer scratch his butt with his antler or his, his back with his antler. I'm like, huh, that is a deer. No freaking way. And then uh, I put the spot and scope on it and I'm like Find the deer. <laughs> and then uh, you're like, well, I see something that looks like a deer, maybe. <laughs> and I'm like, just keep watching. And then finally, I think he moved. Yeah, and, and I and still couldn't get you to shoot it. That was a pretty buck, too. Yeah, we, you know, we could have killed that one pretty easily from about 350, 400. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, I got everything I wanted out of that hunt without killing a deer. I did. I got a, I got a hunt with you, which was, like I said, I didn't realize it had been that long since you and I, only you and yep. I, had gone on a hunt. And that was cool. That's one of the reasons. Well, that's the reason I came, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it was a really special hunt for, for I think, for both of us. Yeah. Both, both of us. But um, watching you, you know, put a buck down with the 300 that you've been using for years. Um, I even thought about bringing the 243 just to see you use that again. But I That would have been fun. I didn't have any shells, and I, I doubt you have any shells loaded up for it. No, but. No, it, it was. It was a great trip. Like I said, I think it was an off year for weather. The the lakes over there seemed the water line was a hundred or hundred and twenty foot down from the top <laughs> yeah. and the docks were probably way out of the water. Way, way out of the water. So I'm thinking they had a really dry, warm year, the deer didn't come down. It's not an excuse, it's just the conditions. Yeah. But right. even at that, it was still an awesome hunt. And it's so much better than Oregon. I it's their general season's better than a three year tag, four year tag over here. Yeah. Easily. You know, the tags cost a little bit more, but you, you have the opportunity to shoot a wolf, a bear, if you want. There's yeah. elk, you know, at the same time or real close. I think you can get more than one deer tag, too. Yep, you can get multiple deer tags. You can shoot a white tail. There's 1,500 tags over there. Um, yep. And there's actual, they have so many blocked off roads, you could never walk them in probably 10 years. And then you have ATV trails. If you want to go that route, right? But One thing that I like about that expanding on the ATV, they have ATV areas that are designated for ATVs, right? Well away from the walking areas. Well away, across. yeah. Well away from. So if you don't have the means or you don't the resources to have the ATV, and you you don't want to compete with that because you can't, they have a whole ton of area that a guy can go hunt, get away from the ATVs, the motorized vehicles, and just hunt against guys on horses and on foot. And I just think that is really cool. But the difference is is that Idaho has the, the way more land like that than Oregon does. I mean, there was a lot of people over there, but there was a lot of land. So it really helped spread everybody out. And it keeps the deer moving too. So Yeah, it did. Because it's hard to hunt multiple drainages in a, in a day just because of their sheer size but if somebody else is hunting and kicks it over in your drainage or yeah. vice versa it it's nice to hunt without people but sometimes people help push the deer too that's another thing i would have liked was to have one or two more people because killing a deer back there is a it's, sure. a, it's a commitment <laughs> yeah i mean if you had if you had three or four guys back there you could either have one guy come over um you could hunt in pairs. You could have those two guys get the buck out. If it's really bad, you could have one or both the other guys come out and help you. And 
and be way more efficient and start hunting sooner because if you kill a deer you're done that day like yeah you're done you you, you get that thing out of there and you're going to spend the rest of the, the and day and you doing may come it. back the next day depending if you kill it down deep enough you will come back the next day there's no way to get it out yeah you, know, you you could get it out one in one trip but it would be it would be a it would be a it would suck. <laughs> well, let's put it this way: it we really only would. had we only had one campfire over there, and I love campfires, sitting around yeah. watching the stars. But by the time we got back and got dinner and too late, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you'd spend your first two hours of the morning, two and a half hours hiking before you even got into where you would expect to see a big buck. Yeah. And then it'd be two hours out because it's mostly downhill. But like I said it was cool. I'd do it again. I mean. It, it it just makes Oregon look kind of foolish. Yeah. yeah. It just makes me, you know, for the friends I have in Idaho, anybody I know in Idaho, I hope you know how good you have it there. General season. You can't really do that for mule deer in Oregon. You can't. I mean, with a rifle. I can't think of very many tags. That's a better quality hunt than a draw tag in, well, maybe not anywhere in Oregon, but most, most places in Oregon. Yeah. That's a better quality hunt, general season. And there's a lot of areas. We were just in one small area of one unit. Yeah. A small area. We, we were a needle prick in yeah. a map, and it was already better than Oregon. And there's virtually square tens, hundreds of square miles of that yeah. same kind of stuff with with limited access or yeah. a, or anything. Yeah. One thing I did notice over there is that people were way more friendly. They were, too. And way more willing to talk about what they saw or what they didn't see. Or where they, you know, where's a good place to go? I, I just, I felt like it was uh, more of a community kind of thing over there. And definitely way more friendly. Uh, we met one guy over there, uh, shout out to Paul Lewis, um, who was just the coolest guy and was really encouraging, you know, don't give up, come back with an archery, you know, with archery tag and, and, and be sure to keep hitting it because, you'll you know, they'll show up, they'll be here. And, and it was just that kind of guy. I mean, really cool guy. And so, uh, shout out to him. And and uh, th- that was just pretty much most of the people over there. They well, were the, all really helpful. The group we camped by, we stopped to talk to this one group because <laughs> we were going to camp yeah. across the road in a little aspen patch. And they this, hunted as hard as they partied. <laughs> yeah. But they said, well, there's a better camp spot right there ahead of my pickup. Yeah. I go, how far through there? Oh, just like 50 yards. It yeah. turned out to be about 30 yards. They wanted us to camp right next to him. Yeah. He's like, as long as you don't mind us being loud. <laughs> yeah, and they had one or two nights that were like that, but I don't know yeah. that we heard it all because we were pretty tired and went to sleep. They were shut down by 9.30 in bed by 9.30, which is um, about two hours after dark. And we were usually gone by the time they started the generator up in the morning. Yeah. Um, so we Typically. I think we heard it once yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Cool guys, though. Super helpful. Yeah. Um, had horses, bikes, four-wheelers. Yep. Everything. In Oregon, you compete with those guys for the same areas, and typically they're not riding where they're supposed to be. <laughs> well, we didn't really see anybody going off grid with them like they were. Nope. But, man, nope. when you got up high, you can see those trails across the canyon there, yep. and it looked like those trails went on for miles, and I'm sure they did. Yeah, they did. But they did. It was a it was a great experience. It just really shows a light on how poor Oregon is being managed, not to get political on it, but, man... I want to move there. Yeah. <laughs> Except for I love my job. I feel like the guys that live in Idaho are like, dude, shut up. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we're not going to give the exact spot, to, you know, on the podcast out of respect for people that live there. Um, you know, it's how would you like, you know, to have somebody tell where our spot over is in eastern Oregon? Yeah. You know, that's just not fair. Um, but if you do your homework, you know, call the biologists that, like we did. We called biologists. I called forest service guys. I called... Um, and t- texted a, you know a guy that I know that lives in Idaho, um, you know, just saying, hey, here's where I plan on going. Am I being an idiot, basically? And you know, confirmed. No, that's a good area. You know, you're going to have other other hunters there, but you'll have a decent decent chance at killing a buck. And and uh, just making those phone calls, doing the pre work, will save you all the time once you get over there. Instead of scrambling and and being frustrated, and not knowing where to go. I had spots, like, you know, after we got done hunting the area and we weren't seeing bucks, we decided, you know, for the amount of effort we're putting in and the likability of actually running into a buck I would shoot, it's just going to be luck. 
And I don't like counting on strictly just luck. I like to know that there's a good enough population where if I put in the work, I know that there's a really good chance I'm going to run into what I have. I give myself the best opportunities, right? Well, I don't think I was giving myself the best opportunity after hunting that spot for three days. So I'm like, I've got two other spots I wanted to go check out. And that led into seeing um, another little buck expanding one huge area that was way easier to hunt. Uh, and then also uh, meeting another cool dude that was really encouraging and, and uh, gave me some tips for when I come back. Yeah, but I think it would have been a different game if they'd had some storms like they usually have by now, too. So, But it worked out good. You got to meet, a, a, I think, a good guy. Probably good contact. Good contact. Maybe yeah. you guys can... Uh, benefit each other and you know and it'd be a good thing in the long run but had the weather been normal uh that might not have happened you might have killed a buck but you wouldn't have expanded anything past that right and, and to be fair you know i don't think i would appreciate that buck as, as much as somebody else would have it wasn't a big buck i mean it wasn't it was a really nice beautiful shot it. i know you would have <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of glad you didn't because it was in a hellhole. <laughs> it would not have died on top of a ridge, I will tell you that. <laughs> but, you know, it, it. You know, in another year or two, that's going to be a stud. I mean, if it makes it through the winter, through the other hunting seasons, that is going to be one heck of a buck that is going to make one hunter really happy. He's going to spread his genes. And like I said, I got everything out of that hunt that I expected to get. And... I'm happy. I'm coming home two days early by choice so I can spend those two extra days with a bow in hand when I go back. I thought you were going to stay with your wife. And with my wife. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I just had a great time. I mean, it was, it was awesome. And it was made possible uh, because of guys like you that are listening to the podcast, girls, you know, if, if you're listening to the podcast, the YouTube channel, um, all this has stemmed from... You know, this. I was going to make a video out of this hunt, but it turned out to be way more demanding than what I anticipated it was going to be. <laughs> and so I just I dumped the video camera and left it in the truck because I was trying to save weight and save effort and just try to, you know, maximize the trip there. But this trip was going to be videoed and made into a hunting video that was labeled, you know, something on the lines of how you how I made or this trip made possible by YouTube or something like that. Because all the profits that I talked about from one of the previous episodes was done from, you know, YouTube earnings. which And that's cool. It's super cool. I never thought anybody <laughs> would ever watch a video of me talking, let alone ever me upload a video on YouTube. And then take it one more step, me ever making a dollar on YouTube. Like, I never thought that was even in the realm of possibility. And then when I actually started doing videos on more of me talking and, and getting away from the products. I had so many doubts that people wouldn't care what I thought or said because I was relying on products to get the views, right? Like the hype of a product to get a view and kind of switching into actually using my name. People were kind of following that and, and uh, just really blessed, really humbled, never thought it would be possible. And I just super duper appreciate everybody that has followed along on all the other platforms because this hunt was literally for me paid for by the YouTube earnings, and that's because people watch the channel, and and I just am super grateful. I just think that's cooler. One of the coolest things I've ever had happen. And it's just starting. Yeah. I mean, you're young. you got a long ways to go. Well, yeah, and I think one of the biggest things for me when uh, I think it, I'm not sure if it was after you listened to the podcast, but I was telling you I was doing the YouTube, and I was doing the, this new podcast thing, and and, uh, and then I think, you know, I, I was like, you know, I'd eventually like to do this for a living. And I, I kind of feel like after you, I'm not sure if you listen to the podcast or not. You said, I did. you said, I get it. I, I yeah. understand what you're doing and I support you. And I don't, I, I know you always supported me, but after that, that kind of just gave me the, the confidence and the motivation to really go for it. You know, after after hearing you say that I get it, that really meant a lot to me. Well, like, kind of selfish, too, because I still <laughs> want my share of that ranch. <laughs> but, no, he, after I heard it, I knew that he was meant to do, but he's got a great job with great people right now, but eventually someday maybe it'll work into something, Yeah, you know, bigger. Well, all it is, sure it is is consistency and hard work and and 
making sure that you're creating content that that benefits the the end user in a way of entertainment, information, or any other way. You know, having content that the something the user getting out of it, and uh, you know, making sure that the, the the benefit is on their end, not yours. That's you know really what I figured out, and so far everything's growing full steam ahead. And uh, I don't know. I just want to say thank you for basically giving me your your go ahead. I guess not that I needed it. I was gonna do it. <laughs> I was gonna do it anyways. <laughs> but it kind of just put some wind in well, my sails. Well, I'm glad, and and I I hope the stuff you're doing lets other people know that we're average guys with average means and uh, a very affordable trip, very cheap. Don't wait till you're 57 years old. Don't even wait till you're 27. Start going, try Idaho, Montana, Mm -hmm. somewhere else. Because if you like to hunt, Oregon is not your place. (laughs) Uh, Idaho is good. I don't know about any other state, honestly. But I can vouch for Idaho. I'd, or Oregon's more of an opportunity state. Um, there's a decent opportunity for a guy that wants to go out and get a buck. But if you're looking for a, a more quality animal. And quality hunt. A quality hunt. Then, then you know, from my experience, the only two other two states I've hunted, um, Idaho beats Oregon. I mean, strict, straight up. And that's quali- overall quality. And just a little tiny pinprick of the unit, of the area, of the state that we <laughs> hunted. Um, immediately, that snow wasn't there when we came. No, it wasn't. That's fresh snow. Um, it was just really cool. And for guys that are wondering what it costs to out-of-state hunt Idaho, it cost $500 to get your tags and licenses for a general season uh, opportunity. It's like 470 because you yeah. got the extra. I got the extra extra archery thing. Yeah. Uh, so extra and the elk's around permit. 700 or something like that. Yeah, and I bought mine online, which I think added a little bit extra cost. Con- the convenient fee or whatever they called it, I don't know, uh, but it cost me about five hundred and five dollars. It cost you four hundred seventy seventy something, but I got that fifteen dollar archery permit, and I bought mine through the internet. You yeah. bought yours over the phone, and then you add in whatever your costs are for supplies and gas. Guys, I, you know, depending on how far you live, you can do this for easily under a thousand. Easily under, yeah, easily. probably probably seven, eight, I seven eight hundred. Yeah, eight hundred easily. And if there's four of you, it just gets cheaper. You split the gas, you yeah. split the groceries. So yeah, what we've done in the past is, you know, like sometimes me and Mitchell, you know, like, okay, uh, you bring two hundred dollars, I'll bring two hundred dollars. I used to do that too. And then we split it at the end of the trip, whatever's left. Yep, and that's a great one. Although. As an added bonus, you made some of your trip money <laughs> on the way over. I did. We have this spot we call the watering hole, and uh, it's 40 degrees right here. I think that's black ice. I think you're right. Um, it's We call it the watering hole, but I think it's actually called the pastime, and it's in Burns there because that's on the way to Idaho. And last time I went there, me and Mitch, we loved, we loved to put some money in the slot machines and uh, drink a beer and play some pool and eat some food and, and – uh, I wanted to do that with you. <laughs> uh, in particular, I wanted to show you the buck that I tell everybody about. There's this 42-inch wide buck in there. I'm going to hit the brakes here real quick before we die. Um, that It's a monster toad of a buck. And uh, they have pretty decent pizza there and some good fries and stuff. And so we played, and, I, and I'm like, I'm going to go put 20 in the slot machine. And then you said, I think I'm going to put ten dollars i put yeah i don't know five dollars five dollars five dollars and i made 1160 <laughs> and you were tickled well, i and, quit you know and that same mentality is the same mentality you took hunting yeah it's like i got my goal i'm done <laughs> so i i went through 20 bucks in about three minutes <laughs> i put another 20 bucks in there and uh and then i i hit for 110 and then i cashed out so i was up for i was up 70 bucks uh Put twenty towards the food, not included a tip. <laughs> I left fifty bucks ahead. You know, I only did one spin on mine and quit because I won. <laughs> I wasn't betting very much. That's so. funny. But yeah, that was that was cool. Got to watch a little football while we were while we were there and talk to some other guys that came back from Idaho who killed a buck and a bull. Yep. And uh, I don't know. It just turned out to be a really. There's a lot of snow up here. There is. It turned out to be a really great trip. I mean, uh, outside of maybe a few physical shortcomings. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about myself. Um, you know, it, it was really a it was really a great trip. And like I said, it been it's been way too long since you and I both had rifle tags in our hands, or at least just got to hunt by ourselves. I mean, 15 years. Yeah. Has it really been 15 years? It's been at least 
I'll bet it has. No, you're right. I think it's been 14 years because I was about 15 when I killed that four by six. No, four by six. Yeah. It's been a while, but yeah. and maybe next time you can pick another state just to see what that state's <laughs> like. I'm just saying. Well, I think Cal- California might be next. No. Um, because they have some really big blacktail and some good. Uh, uh, they have some good uh, mule deer hunting, um, pretty close to home. So. But, all right, guys, well, we're going to wrap this thing up. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed, and uh, I will definitely be doing a recap of the late-season archery um, of Idaho when I go back over. But, um, you know, get out, start these new adventures. It's probably not as much as you'd think, 700 bucks. We easily had a $700 worth of time, you know, great time. I mean, five days, or how many days did we hunt for? Four? Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, yep, four days. Four days, and we're coming back early, and I I couldn't be happier. I mean, I seriously had a great time, and I got everything achieved that I wanted to do, minus minus killing a big buck, which, you know, I'd rather do it with a bow anyways. So Yep, that'll work out good. It'll work out great for me. But uh, all right, guys, well, as always, I'll see you on the next one. Thanks for joining me. All right, thanks. <laughs> Bye. Hey, everybody, that is this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you, Dad, for joining me on to the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And as always, guys, if you like something about the podcast, leave me a review on iTunes. Let me know what it was. If you didn't, leave me a review on iTunes. Let me know what it was. I'm always happy to hear the good and the bad, the ugly. And always get yourself entered in these giveaways. Five-star reviews get you entered in some of the new hat stickers, decals that I have coming out. We have the Elk Calling Academy that uh, we have partnered up to give you guys two free lessons to one lucky listener. So that's a $60 value that you're going to get if you're definitely wanting to uh, help your elk hunting game, learn a little bit more about how you can be more effective in the elk woods next year. Definitely want to get involved with that. We're also going to have some ways to qualify on Instagram for that one. But uh, definitely get yourself entered in these giveaways, guys. It's free. It's easy and uh, definitely worth it. So as always, thanks for listening. I'll see you on the next one. Bye.